This is Carson Edwards from the Boston Celtics, and you're listening to the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, hosted by Tanner Lee, Evan Webb, and Andrew Eiler. Looks, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab on And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield beat Dwight Ellick and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. More in motion. They get it to him. More in space. A burst of speed. A first down for Purdue. He's still going. More. Touchback. Touchdown. It is intercepted. What's up, Boiler Nation? It's Monday night, October 4th, 2021, and you're listening or watching to another brand new episode of the Boiler Breakdown Podcast. I'm Tanner Lee, along with my co-host Evan Webb and other co-hosts joining us momentarily will be Andrew Eiler, who Evan and I really need on this podcast, but <laughs> we were not able to watch the game in full on Saturday. But... Yeah, so it's a, it could be a rough start to their podcast, <laughs> just like it was a rough game. Yeah, couldn't say it better myself. How are you doing tonight, though, Webby? You're looking good in a shirt you got from the shop. Yes, sir. Um, I'll say looking good, and I'm sure I agree with you, but feeling pretty good considering what happened on Saturday. So I'm kind of glad. It's one of those things where I'm kind of glad I didn't watch the game because I can't be as mad. Had I watched the game, I'm sure I would have been. I mean, I was already pretty mad enough on Saturday, and that kind of carried over into the events I had to go to that night. But I know if I had been able to watch the full game and saw – what unfolded um, for those that were in Ross, lucky enough to be in Ross, Ross 8 on Saturday, I would have been uh, pretty, pretty upset. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I did watch three quarters, watch a brief amount of the fourth, but kept losing connectivity where I was on the East Coast. And, you know, the East Coast, we went out there to get Rutgers. We should mm-hmm. have all those states out of the Big Ten Network. Not the case. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. If I would have watched more of the fourth quarter, I probably would have been even more mad. Like, for instance, everybody's talking about this throw that O'Connell missed to TJ Sheffield late in the fourth quarter. I did see that. I, I did not see it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to yeah. see it. Because we, we threw a pick right afterwards, yeah. and it was one of those things where it was like he was open. I think O'Connell said in the post game, I'm not sure I could be saying Maybe I read it wrong, but I, I want to say he thought it could have been a touchdown. I didn't think it was going to be a touchdown because he saw he had another defender to beat, but you never know. But it definitely would have gotten us pretty close. I mean, we're bad enough in the red zone as it is, but I mean, it, it was it was he was wide open and he overthrew him by quite a bit. Yeah, um, I believe he just really said it was a bad ball. He yeah, threw a bad ball, and uh, that that happens. He missed one earlier in the game to David Bell cornered the end zone when David mm-hmm. was open. So connect wide a couple open, of those, yeah. it's a different result. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was a game. It's one of those you got to look back on. Twenty to thirteen, Minnesota wins. Fleck gets his fourth win against Brom. He's four and one against Brahms. Now he definitely has Brahms' number. I don't think we can we can debate that anymore. You know it's going to be a slugfest against Minnesota. You know it's going to mm-hmm. be close, but it seems like they always just get the edge. Yeah, it's all. It's always like there's something. I mean, you don't want to blame the officials. There's always like, there's always some weird call. I mean, last year we had the Payne Durham 
you know, offensive PI. This year it was, you know, the first touchdown they had, it was a touchdown and the replay clearly showed that he did not, you know, maintain possession when he went to the ground. And even the Fox, you know, rules analyst said um, that it was not a catch. I'm mean, obviously I know we kind of griped about NBC's rules analyst, but I, I think was that was Fox's. Was that, uh, I want to say it was, oh crap, I'm playing out his name. I want to say he was a longtime Big Ten ref football and basketball. It was a Sterator. Is he Fox? No, he's CBS. It was oh, okay. uh, Mike something or other. He's a national guy. Okay. But what, what was frustrating to me was, yeah, I saw it on the replay right before the extra point was kicked. I'm like, that ball was moving. Like, right. Call timeout. Uh, the refs need to well, look at I, this. Was well, because I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's a it's a scoring play, so it's always reviewed. So I'm pretty sure the refs in the booth look at it first, and then deem it. But then, like, I don't I don't know how, you know, unless our guys just weren't. I'm not sure what. Obviously, we don't know what feed they had, or maybe they just thought that it's early enough in the game that it shouldn't matter. But man, it was just like all those things were. You know, something just doesn't bounce our way in the officiating, or just the fact that well, we we finally had our first holding call on the offense, or when we're on defense on the offense all season, which is absurd given to the the countless you know videos and pictures we've seen of Big George being double and triple teamed and just being you know having his jersey just ripped at all game and nothing's ever called. And then our defensive linemen are being called for holding, which I'm not really sure how nice. that how well, I'm not even sure that's a thing like before this. I'm so uh, sick of it, man. Yeah, I'm just it's just so sick of it. I, you know, just little things like that. It's just we don't. It's always because it comes that it's usually a slugfest, like you said. And, you know, one of those plays goes the other way, and it's a completely different ball game. And so, yeah, the only time we we beaten Fleck was that game where we had the stoppage because of weather and came back and beat him. Which I'm, I'm pretty sure they may, may, may even had. If I'm remembering correctly, I could be wrong. Now you and I are both there, but I want to say Minnesota kind of had the momentum in that game. They did. And then the rain stopped, or the storm it was a storm, so we had to evacuate. Stopped everything, and we came out and ended up winning it. But yeah. Well, back to know. the holding calls. What's annoying is, I mean, I remember Kerrigan was also always so good at drawing holding calls, and we see Karloff. He's getting double team, triple team. He's getting held almost every play. Mm-hmm. And in basketball, all Americans get star treatment. Mm-hmm. Football, they should be. Right. Usually, they do. Where's right. our star treatment? Right. Yeah, it's. it's and I know you can't call it every single time. Right. Maybe, that, maybe that's just the thing, but it's like I mean, some of these are just like ridiculous. They're blatant, right in front blatant, of the ref. Yeah, and even the I think the touchdown, the first one, I'm pretty sure the guy even kind of pushed off a little bit. I mean, yep. it was similar to what happened with Payne last year. Yep. You know, just a, you know, if not worse, and nothing. It's just what's so frustrating. Obviously, it's not on the refs, but you know what? You want you want, you don't want to put the game in their hands, but at the same time, it's just like, we're looking for just consistency. It's all I'm asking for, for yeah. football and basketball. Right. It's just right. so frustrating, but right. I mean, it's just, yeah, it sucks that this is what the third game where we only scored 13 points, third game in a row, third game in a row, which is, you know, you, you know, how, how we looked at, you know, told us, you know, the first couple of games, our defense was going to hold people to, you know, 20, you know, less than 30 points for most of the season. Like, Oh yeah, absolutely. I would take that all day. Cause we're often going to put up 30 and, yep. and, <laughs> Got the three right, but not the zero afterwards. But yeah, like before the season, if you would have told me that Jeb Brom team was going to score under twenty, I would have said okay, maybe once. Yeah, maybe against Ohio State. Right. Uh, but three games maybe in a Wisconsin, row? maybe what? Yeah. Right, especially what against Illinois and you know Minnesota's never really had a stout defense. But yeah, Purdue moves the ball great. 
till they get in red zone. Yeah. And and that's just a, it's I'm just. I'm not sure if that's just you know, because of our inability to really run the ball. And I think that definitely hurts when, it, when it's time to ground and pound in the red zone. We just can't do it. You know, and then the, the teams know we're going to pass, and you know, obviously when you get to that that short field, it's a lot easier to to kind of pack it in and or you know make the field a lot. It's obviously make the field a lot shorter, and it just makes it that much harder to throw. Um, and you know. I like O'Connell. I like Plummer, but they're not elite by any means. They're not, you know, they're not gonna, they're not the most accurate. I mean, they're not the accurate pass like we've had in the past from other quarterbacks. But yeah, it's just so frustrating that I think we've, I think we've scored what eight touchdowns on like 24, 21, 24 red zone attempts, and probably most of those were against UConn or something like that. So it's, it's just frustrating just to see like, like, like you said, we move the ball so well and then just sputter out and we can't, we're not going to win games kicking field goals. Yes. But I think at I least think, we're making them though, for the most part, I mean, at least except the one that was kind <laughs> of crucial yeah. 10 minutes left, but I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think it's lack of run game. And then when you're a spread offense made of passive vertically, it's hard to, I don't, it's hard to get plays, I guess, in the red zone. I don't know. It's Joe Tiller's teams struggled a lot with the red zone offense mm-hmm. and they had Drew Brees and Kyle Orton. So, right. I don't know, but it's it's something that's. Str- I see the same thing on me on Madden, so I usually just try and score before I get to the red zone. So that's my that's my advice to the Brom: just score before I get to the red zone. And in years past, it wasn't really a problem because he had Rondell Moore who could run away for a right. And Purdue doesn't have that Rondell Moore. You know, David Bell's amazing. Milton Wright had a good game Saturday, but they're not Blazers in terms of speed. Right. So I don't know, but they got yes, it, it's it's the red zone that's killing them, killing them, killing them, killing them. Mm-hmm. So. But uh, Andrew Eiler, our other co-host, is now on the air, and he's here he to watched, save us. He, he's here to save us because he watched the whole game. I will say more this. than Evan and I did. So. Thank, thank God, none of us went there and sat in the rain for that. Oh, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't. I wouldn't have had to watch PJ Fleck though. I can't. I can't stand uh, watching him on TV. If I was, if we were at least there, you wouldn't see him as much. They yeah, show him I, jumping on the sidelines. I just want to like break my TV. I always <laughs> go back and forth between him and Fleck, and then I watch Frost. a Minnesota Frost. Yeah, Frost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Frost, and then I watch a Minnesota <clears throat> game. I'm like, yeah, he's yeah. the worst. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, was actually, I, was, I was driving around today, and I was like, just I wasn't even thinking about the game, but also I was just like, God, I hate PJ Fleck. And I was like, <laughs> is the, I was like, am I just saying that because we just lost, and the, you know, it stings? We like, so I go back and forth. Like, have I said this about Frost after we lost in Nebraska? And I was like. At least, I mean, Frost is just an ass. Yes. And but PJ, he's an ass, but also is an ass on the field as well. Yes. And he's, I mean, just the whole, yeah. I mean, him and Tom Allen, pretty similar. Just like their their man, mannerisms are just their, you know, you get a stop on third down, you think you won the freaking Super Bowl, and yeah. uh, or get a turnover, and it's just annoys everything crap out of me. I mean, I, I, and people like you, people can argue that I'm just, you know, bitter because we lost or whatever, but I don't really care. I mean, I'm, I'm. I, I think we've been pretty consistently for uh, PJ yeah. Fleck yeah. for four yeah. years. Oh, and like it's Andrew said, after uh, Purdue missed the field goal, Fleck was basically doing backflips yeah. on the field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Andrew, what was the take on your game on the game? I mean, Evan and uh, I kind of just already let our frustrations out. Yeah, for the minutes, so. just incredibly frustrating because I mean they Purdue dominated. It seemed like I mean, outside of the first. I'll call it a touchdown because Minnesota, he dropped it. I would say he dropped it. That ball hit the ground and moved. And even How the big, it wasn't reviewed is amazing. Even the Big Ten guy that was like the 
It wasn't the NBC guy from Notre Dame. Never mind. But Fox, even, like, guy. Fox, yeah, yeah Fox guy, Fox. whatever. He was, he was like, oh, that, sh- that should be reviewed. That's incomplete. Even he, even he was like, and the interview after the freaking yeah. field, the extra points. I was actually watching yeah. at that point, but it was yeah. like, it was like, they, what, re- what the heck was going on? I don't know. And then I think they reviewed one later, and I was like, why? But why did they review the first one? I, right. They reviewed a slide. Um, yes, that's yeah, what Morgan, which, which they called them short. Thing, yeah, they, they, yeah. Um, <laughs> Defense played, I thought, played pretty well. Yep. Um, Tanner yeah. Morgan's also frustrating just because he's a I, Purdue killer. My yeah. God. But he, I don't know. They missed a couple big deep ones, uh, yeah. but they also had some really good catches. Like, I don't like they picked on Jamari Brown, I feel like, and there were a couple yeah. that were just really good throws. I mean, I felt like even that touchdown, touchdown, I felt like he was actually pretty good. It was a good ball. Position. Was a good ball. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was just an incredible throw and call it a catch. Um, I don't know. It was just. I mean, King Daru looked really good. I don't. I get. Yeah. I get kind of antsy with him because I feel like he dances around a lot rather than just keep moving forward. And then he ends up with a one yard gain instead of three or four. And I don't because he's trying to break a big one, I guess, which is fine. But kind of reminds me a little bit of Rondale early on in his freshman year when he would try to do the high step and kind of like go mm-hmm. one way, then he would just get you know knocked down for a you know a two yard gain or whatever when we were going to do a ball he, screen or whatever. But he did. I don't know if it was on a swing pass or on a run. I can't remember, but he did make a guy miss in the open field, and I think Brian Newbert of Golden Black was like, "Oh, it's the first like missed tackle that Purdue like the first like juke that someone's had Purdue's had in like three months or yeah. in, like a decade. I don't know what he, it was something, and it was. I think it was. It might have been a long run. It was like the longest run of like the year at like fourteen yards. His longest was nineteen. I meant like I meant like Purdue's longest run of yeah. the year. <laughs> what do you think, Andrew? Why do you think it's we're not getting holding calls? When we're on defense. I, yeah, we're on I, defense. Sorry. Uh, refs are obviously hate Purdue. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, like PJ's I was greasing Evan, the pockets. I mean, we got we got an All American George Karloff. This usually All Americans get a little bit of start. I think there was that. one. There was one hold. Well, how about, I mean, there were more Purdue defensive holds on on defensive I, linemen. I, I mean, you were watching. How does a defensive what, lineman hold? Exactly. What was that? Because you texted us in the, and I was like, wait, that's a thing. Like I didn't. The I mean, first I like on receiver, I get that. Yeah. But like, I mean, I'm not so sure the, which one. I think. The first one I kind of could see because I think it was like a screen almost and like the lineman was trying to get out. Like they kept saying like, oh, he's trying to get to the second level. The offensive lineman was or something. And I was like, "Uh, maybe. But then the other one, there was a very clear hold. It was like a long – it scored – it set up a touchdown or a field goal. I don't remember. I think the last touchdown by Minnesota. And they called defensive hold when – I don't know if it was uh, Sullivan or who – like Dean maybe was – on the end, like completely flipped around, and they called like <laughs> Lawrence Johnson for a hold when, like the Purdue guy is like stretching his arm out, getting his like shoulder pulled back. And it's like okay, like as he's like reaching for the ball, like he's like at the ball. I, I, how do you miss? I don't know. And like even even the announcers like, oh, this one's coming back, and like defensive hold. Like, wow, okay, Let's see that one. It's a fair rating. Oh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I guess a few of the positives. I'll probably get ripped on, on, on Twitter for us. I thought O'Connell played pretty good. I, I know he missed he, a couple balls and he threw that pick. But. I, the, I I didn't – I honestly, I went outside with two minutes to go because I'm like, I can't watch. They're down seven. I'm like, it's in the rain. They haven't scored. And I'm like, I'd rather be surprised than get, like, the notification that Purdue scored a touchdown. Um, and then I think you said, like, pick or something. But this, so I didn't see the the missed throw to Sheffield. I bad. think it was Sheffield, right? The player right before the pick. Yeah, uh, it was bad. 
I thought O'Connell – I think the offense definitely moves better with O'Connell. Yeah. He uh, yes. definitely – he only threw one pick, but he could have thrown like five. Sure. I felt like. Yeah. Which high is, risk, high then, reward with him. Yeah. Which uh, is against he, like someone like Iowa, probably all picks, which is – I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's some I luck mean, in there. A but, more, yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. I'll see some luck. And I think Brom, I think he even said that. I think in Brom's press conference, it was the halftime where he was like, they asked him about it. And he's like, yeah, he threw four or five into traffic. <laughs> like, and, or, and I know he can't move. And he did eat some huge sacks for like yes. 10, 15 yeah, yards. He true. can't do that. Yeah, he, sacked, he, he got sacked. He four sacks for 44 yards. Yeah, you got to throw the ball away. Um, he did but, have one. He had one play where he actually like spun out of a couple tackles and then still took the sack. Yes. But he was outside the pocket. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Yes. It was like a twelve-yard loss right there. And it's yeah. like, yeah. So now it's well, second them, and twenty-two. Then we get, he took us out of field goal range one time. On yes, one that was the bet. Yes, to take us mm-hmm. strip yeah. sack the first series of oh, the game. But that one was. I he don't had know, no chance. He had that no one chance. was uh, Miller. Eric Miller got blown but up instantly. <laughs> I, I guess one thing I liked for a few positives. I guess other positives. I liked the awesome Burton package all of a sudden three different only, times we saw him yeah, run but th- they did it in the first quarter and never again I thought they'd yeah. kind of keep going to it I thought maybe they'd use that around the goal line because yep. I was think I mean if you think about it you put the running back out there so now I mean the quarterback on a handoff is just a dead play after he hands the ball but at least now you've got 11 guys that are actually 10 10 blockers and a runner instead or, of and, nine know, blockers a runner. He's a quarterback he can throw it yeah fake the run and throw it in the goal line situation rpos so, yeah yep. i was hoping they were going to bust one of those out against like notre dame as like a sneak because right. they're like oh, like have him run it five times and then just all of a sudden right. he just like dinks one over yep. for yeah like to pain durham or something like a fake yeah do you, do you guys think o'connell starts against iowa I yeah. think so. Yeah. I, I think he starts the rest of the year. Uh he just gets the ball downfield. He does. I um and then it opens the running game up. I mean, there's there's just a lot more zip. I don't know if it's that Jack doesn't see it or he's just so much more cautious. I, I think know, he's making just more some cautious. Of those throws. Yeah. Except yeah, I was I was kind of going back and forth, like is it just is a different play calling, which I feel like it that wouldn't make any sense to make two different play calls, but I think I think Jack just doesn't want to make mistakes because he knows if he does make mistakes, he's getting pulled. And I mean, yeah, obviously he didn't. He hasn't thrown an interception yet. But I mean, I mean, I didn't. Aside from Oregon State, which even most of that game I didn't enjoy it. I have not enjoyed watching this offense run, at least with O'Connell. Like there was some excitement. I mean, still. Well, hey, oh, UConn, but I mean, it's UConn. Yeah, I'm not even counting. Has UConn, has UConn scored yet? <laughs> they <laughs> should have beat Vanderbilt the other night. Vanderbilt got lucky. I forgot the game-winning game. field goal. I watched. I was in Connecticut, <laughs> and, I, oh, okay. and I watched the end of the game. It was awful, but Vanderbilt got very lucky. <laughs> SEC just uh, more. Yep. God. <laughs> but, no, uh, I but think I thought I thought Newber put it well between the quarterbacks. Like Purdue can win with these guys, but they're not going to win because of these guys. Yeah, I guess pretty fair. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Like, I I could see just the way O'Connell moved the ball. They, they did move the ball. I mean, between the twenties, they moved the ball pretty easily. Um how many guys got to, involved too? I feel like there was like yeah. tons of guys caught the ball. Let's see, I got you. Yeah. Oh my god. 10, okay, we got eleven. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven. That's spreading the ball around. Yeah. <laughs> you had two guys or three guys with six, which was Bell, Wright. Which hold on, the fact that Milton Wright was catching balls in the rain was just he was baffling good. To me. Yeah. yeah, he was awesome. I was happy yeah. to see it. King Drew had six receptions. Um, you had Brock Thompson, or oh yeah, Miller. Paul Ferry. Yeah, he had, he had, he had three. a couple big catches. Abdul Rahman Yassin had two. Uh, T.J. Sheffield had two, but only for three yards. And then you had 
Quez Cross, Jackson Anthrop, and Dylan Downing with only one, which the fact that Anthrop only had one catch is yeah, that's surprising. weird. He, I didn't see him. I don't all remember that seeing much. him out there. Yeah, I saw him once. Like he like there was like a pass to him on the goal line that it was deflected. I'm like, that was Anthrop. That's the first time I've seen him. I didn't yeah. see him. He got catch. banged up a little bit. I know they said Bell was coming in and out, uh, especially in the second half. Yeah, Bell had 120 yards. Wright had 91. But then your next highest was King Daru with 39. So it was quite a, quite a drop off there. Yeah, I like go back to what you said, Tanner, about Purdue can't win because of them. I could see O'Connell winning. I don't know if they call. I mean, I would say like the way they moved the ball. I mean, like mm-hmm. he had they just they just moved the ball much easier with those fifteen to twenty yard passes that they just didn't have. Yeah. The first few weeks outside of UConn. Oh, there's times I look at him moving <clears> the ball. I'm like, man, this office is good. But then they just get to that certain yard line around the red zone. It's like, eh, put on the yeah. brakes. Yeah. I mean, that's where Miss Horvath, I think, yeah. a lot is just him just being able just to get that extra couple yards, take a couple guys with them. But do you, I mean, what like, do you think Purdue just goes let's go, let's go five wide, no running back or something like that, and just run a bunch of wide receiver screens? And we'll just, I don't know. Let's do something. Get the 20. Point, I don't care. Do something. Just you got a week to rest up. Um, I mean, that was it. Was great to see so many guys back on yeah. Saturday. It was yeah. They said best case scenario, basically, like all the game time decisions played. I didn't yep. see except Trice. He didn't. I he didn't was see in him uniform, but he didn't play. Oh, he didn't I, play. Okay, I didn't know. And that. they said Mitchell was out there, but I don't remember yeah. seeing him at all. So get those guys an extra week. They should be ready to go for Iowa. Durham, I would think, would be ready to go. Horvath, probably not yet, but he's. I think we'll see. I think we're going to see him sometime this month. Maybe I'm being really optimistic. Yeah. I mean, Iowa would be what I say. Iowa would be six weeks, or is that five yeah. weeks? I don't remember if Iowa was. About six, I think. Yeah, so, they said four to four to eight, so we'd be right in the middle. So of I'm, I'm gonna guess. I'm guessing it's Nebraska at the end of the month. That'll be my guess. Speaking of Nebraska, good God, did you watch their game at all? Did you see the score? I just saw. I the did. Score. Yeah. I did see the score. We yeah. have a lot of comments here. I haven't got to for some yeah, reason. They, they all Facebook. Just like... Facebook's been really weird today, as everybody yeah. around the world knows. <laughs> uh, and we just got a lot of comments here. I'm gonna hit on a few of them. Thad Moody said, "There's holding every play and." There's the crap that he's getting. Referring to Carlos, uh, I assume. Three games straight at 13 points. Let Brian take over play calls for the whole game without Jeff's input. Duck take his mouth and see if there's – Yeah, what, what do you guys think about that? Should he let Brian Brom take over some play call duty? I, yes. I don't I don't know who is involved – like how he's in, how much is how much is Brian involved already? Like how do we know that they're not already like doing it pretty much together? I mean, it could, it could be – I mean, I heard someone say like maybe like Brian does call a play, but then Jeff has the authority to override it. You know, I am when they call it down. I have no idea, but I know. Yeah, because memory goes back to refers back to Iowa last year when when Brown or when Jeff was out with COVID and Brian had to run the show and played pretty well. But I mean, I I've said this before. There's I, there's so many freaking similarities between the Bears and Purdue for me, and the fact that I think Nagy should give up play calling, and he did this last week against was against the Lions. And they did well, and it's like I mean I don't see it's something like I mean, I mean you don't see Saban calling plays, you don't see I mean a lot of the NFL guys don't call plays. Um, I said I mean just give it a shot. I mean it's, it's not working the way we want it to be. So I mean you got to try something. It's a definition of insanity. He's pretty stubborn, but I mean, yeah, he I, is. He is, and I and I understand why. I mean when you're when you're that confident in your abilities, I 100 percent get it. And I, I, know, I have like, a I, hard time. I almost have a hard time saying. I mean, like yes, it's not working and then it's not scoring points but i mean i don't know i guess it's the definition of not working but i mean it did right. move they moved the ball so oh, yeah, easily they, yeah for most of that game yeah well outside of 
12 plays when they were inside the 20 yard line, basically probably. And it was like, I don't know. Uh, one thing I was thinking, I don't know. Do we talk about how, like, I know my dad and I've talked about this. So you talk about how Plummer and O'Connell, they're smart guys. I know the playbook and everything, but it's ever like they line up and then like, if it's not anything, everybody stops and looks to the yeah. sideline and right, Brom yeah, and them yeah. are calling yeah. in. Can O'Connell, can they not make a read? Can Plummer? I mean, they talk about how Jack well, and O'Connell was, are super was, smart. No, I know it. Illinois game, because Tanner, you and I were sitting there, and I think <clears> a, uh, I think it was Plummer or O'Connell went to make like an audible, and then Brom called timeout, and then was ripping into him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess they don't have I mean, to do yeah, that. Yeah, because I mean, I, I, you talk about because I heard Boyle Sports yeah. talk about it, like when we have Breeze and Orton especially Breeze, right at the line, like they would, you know, audible all the time. And then like, it was kind of like, okay, what's going to happen? Like they saw something like, and then, but yeah, like you don't, if you don't see that a whole lot in college nowadays, anyways, you see yeah. everybody lines up and then they like, you know, fake the hike. And then yeah. everyone just stands up and looks kind of like, yeah. you know, like you don't see the Cam Newton. out there. Just... You've been watching your film. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I get that. I mean, because like, we, I mean, with, Breeze and Orton. I don't think they had offensive coordinators up above in the press box, probably looking down. So I, I mean, Chaney, I think Chaney was in the box. Okay, yeah, so yeah. but did they have the heads? I have no idea. That seems so long ago. Um, yeah, I but I mean, with with they've got coaches up above that are being able to relay that down. Like, hey, we're up above, we can see it. Like, yes, O'Connell yeah. and Plummer can see it, but we're also above it and can see it yeah. probably better. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That was just a thought I had. The other thought I had about the offense. Um, I don't remember much before. Did we go no huddle much at all in the first few weeks? Again, I know like they did a couple times. I don't, I don't remember, remember it. No. I, they went they went uh up tempo and went no huddle at least once. They do it against Notre Dame. Is that what we? I don't do Notre Dame or no? My, I didn't. I don't remember seeing it. They did it once, and I was pretty like I don't know. I think they got like a four yard run, and they went up mm-hmm. tempo, and then they went like a five yard run, like right after. And I was like, yeah, can we keep doing this? Yeah. <laughs> Did it at WKU a lot. Yeah, yeah I, I think they did it once or twice in like the first quarter, and then I don't think I saw it again. But then again, um, then again, the cover was garbage. I don't know. Yeah. Like that was like the D team Big Ten network. It always is. Always pull, is. Pull up Mooney's comment. The last one there about the we're talking about the blocking and defensive alignment. So that was uh, yeah. Out. He says if if they aren't allowed to attempt to block the second level, it's D line holding. Think it's three to five yard box like receivers. Hmm. Interesting. Mooney was alive. He would know. Yeah, he would know that. So shout out to Mooney. Got a couple other comments here from Skip, a loyal viewer of the podcast. Do we not recruit return specialists? Track guys, Marcellus Moore still a ghost on sidelines. I was just thinking about that the other day. Mm-hmm. Dion Burke question mark because TJ doesn't seem to have high IQ in return games. Uh, we need to. Re- Recruit speed because possession wide receivers don't threaten top fifteen opponents. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with with Marcel. If it's just uh, if he just doesn't see the field well enough. I mean, obviously he's fast, but it's one thing to be fast and see lanes. And it, it seems like they've given him a couple opportunities. Yeah, and he hasn't even got to like the fifteen yard line. Right. So I, I think special I teams have been so bad the last couple of years. They're just going for like safety at this point. Right. Like, let's just not have time, it lose us the game. Yeah, most time there's a lot of touchbacks, and now with the new touchback rule the last few years, you can fair catch it and make it a touchback anyway. Okay, so but, just but there that. was but Sheffield did a fair catch on a kickoff and he muffed it. But they and then uh they still counted as the fair catch. No, but they put it they gave him the ball where where he picked it up. They gave it to us at like the nine. 
Oh, really? Of, I yeah. Know and I was, I didn't understand why that happened. I think that was on Purdue's long touchdown drive. That was the one touchdown. I think they scored, so it didn't really matter. But I was, I was so confused what just happened. Yeah. And I didn't know if it's because he dropped it. If the fair catch, like, but then it didn't let him advance it after. Like, he picked it up. He tried to run, but they blew it dead. So I was hmm. very confused on all that. Interesting. Rule. So, a, Mooney, do you know that rule? Yeah, we need some rules officials in here. Uh, here's an interesting comment from Skip. I saw some people talk about this on the message board not too long ago. He says, Brom, lack of emotion, rubs Boiler Nation crazy. I actually think he's tamed back on purpose yes. because he used to yell so much. Then his dad got on him and said, you got to stop yelling at your quarterback. So much. Oh, he, would, I heard just, he would just lie, or just, he would just lay into uh, David. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like just, I mean, I feel bad. I, for David. I think also David could take it too. Yeah. David just like that type of guy. I mean, it's not saying that, you know, anybody's soft, but I mean, different kids respond different ways. Right. Like, that's not going to work for everybody. It may work for some like David Blah, but other times it may just completely make a kid shut down and right. lose all confidence. But yeah, he's definitely tamed back. Which, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's one thing, I mean, if anything, I want him to be, you know, obviously, I mean, he's, I don't think he's, you know, he's not a, a corpse on the sideline, but I mean, he's still getting on the officials and everything, but, and I'm okay with it because I don't, we don't need him getting penalties when, as it, as it is. I uh, I kind of disagree that he's uh, not emotional. Like I know he's not yelling at guys like he used to, but I think he's pretty fiery and pretty animated yeah. still. But I, I, I mean, maybe just go back to yelling at yelling at players. And I think it's his Monday press conferences when he doesn't give much as far as injury. He doesn't. Never. He, does, he does a lot of gamemanship on purpose. Oh, yeah. He doesn't want to give the opponents any. It's just yeah. yeah. It's so funny. I mean, it, it's not even close to being the same when you look at Painter versus Broncos. Painter's been right. here forever, but like you know, Painter will go into a lot of different things, but you know, Brom doesn't. That's just yeah, gamesmanship. And at the, end the, but at the end of the day, it's like we don't need to know everything. I mean, I know we want to as fans, and obviously the press wants to know certain things, but at the end of the day, like, I mean. He tells you what she's gonna tell you. I mean, some things, yeah, like the the Rondell thing, which who knows what, what was going on. It could have been Rondell telling him, you know, don't say anything, or his people telling him that. But I mean, I mean, it's, I look at that like as a hockey fan too. I mean, we look at hockey; they never disclose what injuries are for the most part. It's always just like upper or lower body, and that's about all you get for the most part. And that seems to be pretty fair in that sport. But yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, get, I, I get it. And, and it, I, sometimes he's doing a press conference like, "What was the point of this? Like, we didn't didn't learn anything. Didn't you know? I don't want to be here." You'll find yeah. out on Saturday. I hate right. doing media. <laughs> yeah. I want to get back to football. Yeah. So, but, yeah. But no, I, I know we're all three still Brom fans. I mean, uh, definitely does some things that are frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always just remind myself where the program was a couple of years ago. I uh, got another one here <laughs> Jefferson Sullivan and Grant been uh, solid, extending in the motion. Yeah. He's talking I about his presser. He's talking about uh, kind of pressers, yeah. and because we all hate PJ and Allen, yeah. raw guys. But Brom is he's like Eeyore. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. I just wanted to win. I don't really care if he's raw or not. Um, I think PJ and Allen have a shtick that's going that does not bode well when they lose, and we're kind of seeing that with both teams because they're not doing too hot right now. Uh, Thad Mooney for the return rule. If the return man retains possession, he isn't allowed to advance the ball if he muffs it. It was my understanding from when they put that rule in, kind of in the realm of waving for a fair catch and then deciding to run. Okay, but this is a kickoff, and that's pretty. If you called a fair catch, I was figured we were gonna get the ball at the twenty-five, but then they got the ball yeah. like ten. See if I can find that drive. Darn Let's new rules. Thad Mooney, official. Uh... He, he is our Gene Stair <laughs> for the Boiler Breakdown podcast. 
You see the crew he changed that. He also made this great looking sign behind me. Yeah. I'll contact that if you want any nice wooden sign. That is sick. Yes. Um, Skip tired of the belly flop replay. Oh, MSU in laws say sue her up. Hello. The cheerleader who did the belly flop. Yes, yeah. that was. Uh, that was, thanks for watching, Skip. That yeah, was yeah. Uh, Appreciate Skip. That was the highlight of the day, and it was kind of embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I was, I had a my friend. Is, I have a friend who's a or coworker friend who's a Tennessee fan. And he sent that to me, and I said, "Oh, her form was better than our game." And he's like, "Oh, I can't relate to that because he's a Tennessee fan, and they're three and two, and it's just like shut and up." They Tennessee. beat Missouri by like a hundred the other night. So. Did they? Yeah, they, I think it was sixty-two twenty-four, something oh like sixty-two twenty-eight, something like that. So, but very frustrating hell for the Boilers. It makes the road to six a lot more difficult. Still doable though. There's no teams in the West that outright scare me. I know I was ranked number three in the nation. They play number four of Penn State. We'll get to our predictions here in a second. But Iowa doesn't score a lot of points. Their defense scores a lot of points. That's what scares is really me. Good, because but, but that is the me. one team that's been a rock to uh, a team scissors. Is yeah. been the rock to Iowa scissors? Yeah. Yeah, what is he? Some reason is he three and one against them. Three and one. Uh, Thad said, "You boys need one." <laughs> Talking about the sign, I agree with him. And killing me with rules questions. Try to work on a sign and, and type is interesting. <laughs> get him on the payroll. Uh, yep, yep. Get him on the payroll. So, uh, yeah. But before we get in our predictions, why don't I do a quick sponsor read? Let's do it. Because I'm hungry, <laughs> and that makes me want Mad Mush, Mad Mushroom, I should say, which is one of the sponsors of the Boiler Breakdown. They've been serving Boilermakers since 1993. Mad Mushroom is located in the heart of West Lafayette and is w- well known as the home of the original cheese sticks. But whenever myself, Evan, or Andrew visit, we like to sit down and have an ice cold beer by trying out their latest pizza of the month, which it is October now, which means brand new pizza. Got brand new pizza. I don't even know what this yes, is. We do. Italian chicken. It's an Italian chicken, which is not pulling up on my end, so I can't read what it is. Got it for me? I got it. It's it's their traditional pizza sauce topped with chicken, diced tomatoes, garlic, ricotta, and mozzarella cheeses, and sprinkled with Italian seasoning. Starting at 13 bucks. That looks delicious. That looks really good. I can can see the picture, but it didn't blow up on my end for some reason. (laughs) But next time you're in town, stop in and tell uh, Mad Mushroom that the Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. And the good news for any Boiler Breakdown listener or viewer, you can use the coupon code online BREAK5, that's B-R-E-A-K-5, all caps, to claim your discount online at madmushroom.com. Mad Mushroom, feed your head all right prediction time around the big 10 we only got five games on the slate this weekend so there's a couple yeah a couple buys this week uh one of them is our boilermakers they need it they need to and one of them is indiana they need it too because they are really injured um you hate to see it uh number 11 michigan state at Rutgers. michigan state's a five and a half point favorite what was the final for the Ohio State Rutgers game? Last I it saw it was like was 56 nothing. 52 to 12. 13. 13, yes. We okay, called the Rutgers. dogs off early. Yeah. Man, Michigan State, number 11 team in the country, only favored by five on the road. I really want to take Rutgers here as yeah. the upset, but I'm not doing it. I think Sparty wins by 10. Yeah, I think they cover 
at least double the cover, whatever the spread, the five point spread. Hmm. I think they. I think they. I think they. Michigan State, but I don't think they cover. I think it's like a. Ooh, oh, tight. Okay. Okay. I think it's tight. Maryland, who got whooped uh, Friday night, is Iowa to his little brother because I just don't know how to pronounce his name. Through five picks. Thank you. Uh, now they're at Ohio State, who's starting to find their groove. Ohio State's twenty-one point favorites in this one. I think Ohio State covers. I think yeah, I think they they're roll. starting to find their groove and. It's at mm-hmm. home. And... I think they roll. Wisconsin, a reeling Wisconsin team. Unranked. One in one, three. One in three for the first time since 1990. Granted, their three losses are Notre Dame, Penn, Penn State. State, and Michigan. Michigan, yeah. Three very Graham teams, Mertz has not looked well. He is no. injured now. They're at Illinois, who got their second win of the season over Charlotte. Wisconsin's a 10-point favorite. Remember Illinois pulled the upset a couple years ago, mm-hmm. game-winning field goal. I don't think that happens this time in Wisconsin. I, I'm gonna say they cover, but it's like a two-score game, like 14 points. Yeah, I'll agree with you. I think Wisconsin by I'll say 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something that sounds right. Two touchdowns. <laughs> the game of the day around the college football world. I'm guessing is this, this is game, game day. day. It's it has to be, to be. I would think number four Penn State at number three Iowa. Iowa's a two and a half point favorite. I'm going Penn State, and I think they win double digits. Oh. I think this Penn State team's pretty good. I watched them for a while Saturday night against Indiana. Um, they are good, I think. Sean Clifford doesn't overly oppress me, mm-hmm. but you're to Spencer Petrus or anybody in Iowa's offense. I think Iowa has an elite defense. Mm-hmm. They get it done at home by 7 to 10 points. I'm taking the Hawkeyes. I think Iowa as well. I want Iowa to be I – want, I want some – Chaos ahead of them. <laughs> yeah. Why not, right? Yeah. Why not have them undefeated? It's already a 330 ABC game. Yeah. Just I want the number one in the country. Alabama, Oklahoma, you can lose. Georgia. Alabama, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, Oklahoma. Yeah. Georgia's Georgia. freaking good. I mean, so is Alabama. Yeah. But. You, you mean a defense that's only given up one touchdown this year is good? <laughs> one touchdown. It's insane. Um, number nine, Michigan. At Nebraska, who's playing a lot better football as of late. Yeah. Michigan is only a three-point favorite. Yeah. Wow. I, oh, God. Yeah. If this I, want to say is, Michigan, I want to say Michigan blows them out, but Nebraska has been hanging, has been playing really well lately. They're, they're due to come back down to earth. Yeah. Michigan by two touchdowns. But, but do you believe in Harbaugh as the thing? <laughs> I think Harbaugh. he's got a solid squad this yeah. year. Yeah. I, I think Michigan wins. I think oh. it's a double-digit. Like, but I, I don't think it's about, like – but I want to, I want to be like by thirty, but I think it's gonna be like ten to fourteen. Yeah, I'll go Michigan by thirteen. I think it's comfortable, Michigan win. Okay, three points. We're gonna hear we're, we're gonna hear about it if Nebraska wins. I mean, I heard about it the other night when they blew out Northwestern. So, <laughs> whoop de doo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go around some uh, top twenty-five matchups. Uh, we got a little. Um, let's see here. Coastal Carolina. Shout out to Cincinnati for making me eat my words. I thought Notre Dame was going to beat them pretty easily, and nope. <laughs> That's the first game I got here to predict. Uh, Friday yeah. night action. Temple at number five. Cincinnati Bearcats. 29 point favorites. 29 point favorites. They cover. Temple's awful. This yeah. is the team that Rutgers beat like 62 14. Cincinnati's <laughs> really, really good. Sounds good. Stanford uh, knocked off Oregon over the weekend in overtime at number 22, Arizona State. Arizona State's 11.5-point favorites. 
Eleven and a half. I don't think I don't think they cover that. I'm going back back upset. Go trees. <laughs> Not really the tree, but in Cardinal I think the Cardinal wins. I'm going with uh Go with Arizona State in this one. Nope. Uh, let's see here. Vanderbilt, Florida, not touching that one. Florida's 38 point <laughs> favorites. Do they uh, cover, though? Just say, do they cover? Yes, Vanderbilt's they cover. awful. <laughs> number six, Oklahoma. Number 21, Texas. Red River rivalry, Red River shootout. Oklahoma's three and a half point favorites. Is Texas back? Is the question. I think Texas gets the win. I think is Oklahoma this, doesn't this, wake up. Is this being played actually at the Cotton Bowl? Oh, that's right. Duh. Dallas. Um, Give me Hook'em. Wow, you think so? Huh? I don't think I don't believe in Texas yet. Boomer Sooner. They need to wake up. Yeah, they do. Interesting one here. Number thirteen, Arkansas at number seventeen, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is six and a half point favorites. Paul Vinebaum's probably loving himself at this match. <laughs> I'm rolling with, with Lane and the boys. I am too. Yep, same. I think they cover too. Number two, Georgia in that great defense. <laughs> at number 18, Auburn. Bo Nix proved at LSU he can win a road game. Good yep. call, Webby, by the way, on that one. I think you Thank picked you. Auburn on that one. Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why not? Just go with it. Uh, Georgia's 14 half point pick. favorites. Ah, uh, yeah, dude, I can't bet against Georgia right now. I so, think they cover. The road, their yeah. defense is nasty. Well, Who's their quarterback? So, uh, TJ Daniels, but he was hurt last week, and they okay. couldn't tell. Their backup came in and played really good against number eight Arkansas. The over-under for that game is 46. <laughs> under. Take the under. It's oh, going to be like a 17-3 to game. Oh, yeah, I like, I like this Georgia team a lot. Uh, one of the most surprising teams in the country, 5-0, and number 19, Wake Forest mm-hmm. at Syracuse. Wake Forest, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Syracuse lost to Florida State over the weekend. I don't, yeah, I know nothing about Syracuse. I'm going to go with Wake Forest and they cover. Yep, sure. <laughs> nothing but either one of them. You know? Yep, yeah. me too. Uh, Syracuse is on a boiler schedule next year at Syracuse. I think it's like week three. Who's the most uh, famous football NFL player from Wake Forest? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of anybody. I cannot Wake draw it. right now. Or I guess any legend. I I know Syracuse has legends, but I can't right. think of any from Wake. Yeah. Hmm. I'm sure there is one. I just can't think of one right now. I'm gonna Google that. Yep, Google it. Make me feel stupid. <laughs> There's gonna uh, be somebody we're like, oh, duh. Uh, Boise State, two and three. Boise State. I don't recall the last time Boise State's had a losing record. Uh, at <laughs> number ten, five and zero. Oh, BYU. BYU's a five point favorite. Another, another. Oh, obviously Brigham Young. Yeah, yeah. BYU, I think huge. I mean, Boise large. State. Nevada went in and beat Boise State at Boise State over the weekend. And Boise State doesn't lose home games very often. Like I said, I don't remember the last time they've had a losing record. This is weird to see. I mean, it's only played five games. I know, but their schedule look doesn't look too challenging after this. They're usually so good. Evan, who are you taking that one? What was what was the game? Boise are? two and three. Boise at five and zero. Oh, number ten BYU. BYU's a five point favorite. Go BYU. Um, we got a few more here. Number twenty four SMU five and zero oh, at one and three Navy. SMU's thirteen and a half point favorites. So, and I think they covered that pretty easily. 
Navy's not very good anymore. Yeah. So I have the uh, NFL list of top 10 players from Wake Forest. Yeah. Number one player, Bill George, who was drafted in 1951. I was going to say, who is that? Uh, their number three player is Michael McCrary, defensive end, who was drafted in 93. Uh, the most recent guy, There's I, I don't know any of these names. I'm just going to be totally honest with you guys. Um, oh, man. Fred Robbins, D-tackle from 2000. Calvin Pace, defensive end linebacker from 2003. Huh, I have no idea. All right. uh, who's the linebacker? Calvin Pace. Yeah, I've heard that name. No, you haven't. They're not, <laughs> a, they're not an NFL producing uh, factory. Let's no. say that. Yeah, I look at all these guys. Like, a lot yeah, of offensive driving, linemen. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's a good one. Number 14, Notre Dame, one-point favorites at 3-1 and one Virginia Tech. Ooh, it's night, at night. Night game, ACC Network. Yeah, ACC Network. It's not ABC or anything That's like Notre Dame's used to. God, I want to pick Virginia Tech so badly. Just the fact that it's at night, and I just love their intro so they're much. Gonna, that's, 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 that's why I'm picking them. I'm going to the <laughs> they're going to be fired up. Andrew? Yeah, Virginia Tech, <laughs> sure. I don't like Notre Dame. <laughs> I don't like. Irish either. See him go lose two and lose two I, I, I think they bounce back and get it done. I don't remember the last time they lost two straight regular season games in a row. Did you see what Cincinnati posted after they glorious? There no. was a the video compilation of um, Brian Kelly when he was the coach at uh-huh. Cincinnati, yes. like saying basically saying like Cincinnati is the place to be. There's just a video compilation. It was awesome. Of all, <laughs> it was him, awesome. Being, him being pro Cincinnati when he was at Cincinnati it was awesome. It was awesome. That's it's funny. Perfect. Three and two LSU at number sixteen. They went from not ranked at all to sixteen, five and zero. Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky's three point favorite. Hmm. Man, I don't like Kentucky being ranked. I don't like Kentucky being relevant football. We recruit against them a lot. So yeah, um, not as much recently. I feel like, but there should be more. Who knows? But yeah, I think LSU bounces back. I mean. Coach O, better hope they do. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, yikes. I agree with you, Evan. I think LSU bounces back and gets this one. Yep. Got one more here. Number one, Alabama. 17 and a half point favorites at three and two Texas A&M. I think Jimbo's going to lose his third game in a row here. Yeah, I don't think Johnny Football is walking through that door for AM, so yeah, I'm picking Bama. Not looking good for did, the uh, did you did you see the graphic? Probably not. Alabama, like Nick Saban assistants that when they coach against him, they're like mm-hmm. combined like one in twenty seven or something like that. <laughs> Absurd. Yikes. That was during the game they it, showed. It's amazing to me the level Alabama and Georgia are compared to everybody else right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, three and four is in the Big Ten. They play against each other this week. I mean, the Big Ten has four teams ranked in the top ten right now. Especially think of what. But yeah, I don't look at any of them and say they could be national champion. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You know. I mean, just that reminds me of what what did Urban tell Fangio when they played the Broncos that it's like the NFL is like playing Alabama every week. It's like, well, yeah, it's the NFL. (laughs) It's like the best players in the world. Oh, Urban. (laughs) Oh, Urban. So many feeds I can say, <laughs> but I won't. We know where uh, Zach Smith got his accountability oh from. Oh, my God. <laughs> what an idiot. What an idiot. For one, 
I'm going off tangent here. Why do you stay in Ohio and not fly home with your team? Right. Uh, so I, I did listen to his press conference today. I was, I was curious. He said <laughs> oh, yeah. had, to stay, had to stay to see the grandkids in Ohio. Oh, yeah. God. Grandkids. <laughs> that's what they're calling them nowadays. All right. Yeah. ball. You know, he was having a good dinner with the grandkids. And Wearing the Ohio shirt. State shirt. Ohio State oh, was ball. it? I didn't even see that part. But. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. USC, you can have them. Uh, I don't think he's going there. I know a lot of people do. I don't think he's going there. Yeah. Um, just the fact that he thought he could come into the NFL with the team that had the number one pick for a reason and just thought he was going to. Whole different game, man. Yeah. it's Yeah. Whole different God, game. Got to so learn funny. it for a while. Um, any other final thoughts before we do some sponsor reads heading into the bye week? Thank God the bye week's here. Yes. Get some guys healthy. I mean, perfect time to reevaluate. You know, obviously, we were hoping for four and one, three and two. I mean, obviously, it's not the end of the world. We still have some winnable games left on the schedule. Like I said, nothing that really terrifies me. Iowa, Ohio State, probably not going to happen. Yeah. That, that one's that could get ugly. Um, but, you know, Iowa, I mean, it's probably just wishful thinking. But just the fact that we've played them so well over the past years, like, gives me to think, hey, we might be able to hang with them. Um, but I mean, you look at the three winnable game, most winnable games is Nebraska, Northwestern, Indiana. Um, I mean, we'll see kind of how Michigan State you, plays plays out next couple of weeks. This but. is a crazy question because we haven't beat this team since 03. Do you think at Nebraska is more winnable right now than Wisconsin at home? Yes, just because. Not fact. I haven't, I haven't seen a Wisconsin victory or a victory over Wisconsin in yeah. a long time. Yeah. Um, just given that, yes. Um, but those three mean, which sucks. I really went up Minnesota game, so you had at least some leeway with Nebraska, Northwestern, right. Indiana, because I mean, Nebraska's they're playing hot. Northwestern, they've had our number regardless of how bad they've been. Um, and then Indiana, I mean, they've got a great defense. Their offense is not good, um, but I mean, defense is pretty banged up now after Saturday night. So. Yeah, but I mean, that's they've got plenty of time to heal up. Yeah, and, they do. They do. I will say three of their next four, I believe, <laughs> next week. Or after the bye, they have uh, Michigan State at home. Then I believe it's at Ohio State, and then I've, if I'm not mistaken, at Michigan sprinkled in there. So wow, yeah. Uh, Hate to see it. it. Home against Michigan State, home against Ohio State, at Maryland. Oh, at Michigan. Michigan. Okay, okay. But those losses could still not easy. Quickly. Yeah, still but, not easy. But no, this one definitely, this one definitely hurt Purdue. Uh, shout out to everybody in Ross State though. It sounded like fifty-one thousand plus, mm-hmm. so another good crowd. Hopefully, uh, everybody shows up for the Wisconsin game in a couple weeks. No matter what happens next week at Iowa. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, Webby's sporting a good-looking shirt, and if you want one just like his, he'll tell you where you can get one. Get it at the shop. We're happy to you know, happy to have the shop on board. Uh, the shop's been bringing sports and hometown apparel to the fans since 2011. From our humble beginnings in garages and basements, you can find us at our two retail locations and online. We make comfortable shirts. It makes us happy. The shop is located in Carmel and Indianapolis, as well as online at theshopindy.com. We make the best shirts, period. Next time you're shopping online, use promo code BREAKDOWN for 25% off your order. And I know we've all taken advantage of that discount, so hope you do as well. They just came out with some sweatshirts uh, yes. for, for you Colts fans, pretty fans, and if you have some Hoosiers in your life, they came out with nice sweatshirts as well. Um, I'm a fan sweatshirts. of it. Not yet, I don't think. I haven't seen one. I know that I think the three they announced were Purdue, IU, and the Colts. Um, I do like their Butler gear. 
for being a non-Butler person. I'm a big fan of Butler gear. I like how they don't make any Notre Dame stuff. Well, yeah, it's because it's uh, Notre Dame is, yeah, we'll just, yeah, Notre Dame being Notre Dame, we'll just Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, but I, yeah. I just like it anyways. That's yeah, and yeah, they make pop culture stuff, drinkware, I mean. Anything and everything, really. Yeah, a lot of things, Indiana, just the state of Indiana is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, they're comfortable t-shirts, they fit really well, um, and they're, I mean, they're reasonably priced but you get the promo code regardless so and they, they always have sales going on whether it's free shipping on saturdays or something like they've always got something going on and uh so take advantage of it and visit them you know if you're in indy the indy area their retail stores are pretty awesome staff is great very friendly and uh, check them out another sponsor of the boiler breakdown going on year three of the sponsorship is webb's family pharmacy Webb's Family Pharmacy is an independently owned community pharmacy with stores located in Rochester, Akron, and North Manchester, Indiana. It's flu season, or coming up on flu season, I should say. It's in October. We're going to get into the colder weather. So make sure you're ready to go with a flu shot, which you get at Webb's. Simply call to set up an appointment, and the friendly and caring staff will be happy to help you. And for all of your high-quality medical equipment, supplies, and pharmacy services, check out their website, webrx.com, or give them a call today. Webb's Family Pharmacy, professional pharmacy with the hometown touch. Boiler owned and operated. And Andrew, why don't you wrap us up and tell me how I can fix my crappy looking lawn? Yes, sir. The Boiler Breakdown podcast is brought to you by Shroff Landscaping. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and their licensed lawn applicators. Contact them today for all of your landscaping needs at 574-223-2769. Shroff Landscaping, designed with you in mind. They're also boiler-owned and operated. So we thank all of our sponsors once again for making this podcast episode possible. Any closing thoughts? Last call. Last call. Basketball season's almost here. It's almost here. Uh, Brandon Newman's back to practice. Today, yes, he is. So. Looking, looking forward to a stress-free, pleasant Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it won't it be? Yeah. It'll be nice. Yeah. Watch It'll be nice. Games. I think there's some good games on to catch and yeah, just you just get healthy. Yep. Um figure the offense out. Defense is playing incredible. I mean, way better than what we expected. Um we'd love to see maybe a few more sacks or at least some tackles for losses. Some turnovers. I'm turnovers, dying yeah, for some turnovers. turnovers. Yeah. Just, yeah, we've, we've 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 forced two. I'm dying for just a couple, <laughs> but I also understand yeah. you can play really good defense and just don't get the lucky breaks. I get that. So Still, it'll be nice. So, win the bye week. Win the bye week. Stay yep. healthy. Get nobody in trouble. Yep. Count that as a W and get ready for the Hawkeyes. So, boiler up, hammer down, and beat the bye week. <laughs> boiler up. <laughs>